This is the Pine Riders Podcast with Talon Chapel, Will Bodenhausen, and Parker Bushnell. Now shut up and sit on the pine, rookie. Hey there. Long time no chat. Pine Riders Podcast. We have been away for a while, boys. Like way too long. And stuff has gone by, but we've finally decided to get on back. The NBA playoffs are here. Far too important for us to miss. Uh, It feels great that the playoffs are back. Nature is healing. Another proof point of that is Parker and I. You you and I got to play some uh, pickup basketball for the first time in like 14 plus months. So that was awesome. Sure did. It was great. I'm still feeling the effects of it though oh, I'm i am rather sore i felt like i might die the next day i i seriously might have just like woken up rolled out of the bed and died on the floor yeah i mean but it would have been like a good die like it would have been worth it because you know like <laughs> when, when you work out well it's just like yeah that that's like worth it that's so. not that's not how i feel at all when i work out too hard it's why the hell did i do this oh i mean uh, I, was, I understand I why i did great. it in the moment but then I'm like so angry at myself. Like, why didn't I stretch? Why didn't I? Oh, by, by the way, too, just I mean, just a little insight for all you out in podcast land. This was the worst floor I have ever played on in my life. <laughs> Where was yeah. it? Uh, Our court. Westminster Payne Gym. Oh, uh, has it gotten worse? The one well. one side <laughs> was completely it was, it was an ice rink. Yeah, it was rough. It was so we dusty. A year's worth of dust had built. You know, the first right. game, the, the team I was on, we were going that direction. And we, we the first, like, six possessions were all slip Travels. turnovers. <laughs> yeah, just, like, I slammed my knee on the, the wood, like, three or four times. I, I was actually the one that got the, the most pissed the fastest. I got, like, I slipped. I was like, what the fuck are we doing out here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty great though. I had I had a good time. Yes, for and, sure. it, and it got better from there. It was it was a great yeah. Time. After we started to scrape off the dust with our, our shoes, we even tried sweeping and it didn't work out. Oh but, yeah, we did, oh we, we swept. We wetted our shoes constantly. We put fans up. We did we did all kinds of crap to make that better. But we did. We put but, in our best. Effort. Will unfortunately, yeah, I, I hear you have not gotten to play some pickup yet. No, but I am in full golf fever mode. Fantastic. And, uh, I can't wait until we devote the majority of this podcast to talk about the upcoming PGA <laughs> championship. Oh, okay. Island. It's going to be electric. Yeah. I actually, I'm sorry, I'm unavailable. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to my boys, uh, Joey and Tyler. They're actually at, uh, uh, oh, I just spaced it. Uh, Tory Pines, f- oh. f- future home of the U.S. Open here in a Beautiful. month. Yeah, so lucky bastards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no, I'm I'm very much looking forward to the PGA Championship as well. But like I said, the time is ripe for NBA playoffs. But no, we're not going to talk playoffs first because it's not playoff time; it's play in time. The play in the you want to talk about play? You're talking about play ins? Play ins? It's crazy talking about play ins. I would actually that actually would be someone some marketing person needs to call him up and be like are you willing to shoot a commercial where we talk about (laughs) play-ins that would actually be fantastic but yes the inaugural i guess okay i guess not the inaugural we did have a small experimentation of this last year in the bubble 
but this is the inaugural play in tournament to me. Last yeah. last year was yeah a little trial run. The bubble this, was his own thing. This yeah. is life is relatively normal. Yes. So for our inaugural play in matchups to decide who get the seven and eight seeds uh, in the upcoming NBA playoffs, uh, we got today starting in the Eastern Conference. You got uh, the Celtics who just need to be put out of their misery <laughs> with all the injuries and problems they've had all season going up against the surprise team running up on them and Will's pick, the Wizards. So that should be a great game. And then the Hornets and the Pacers, uh, one of them hoping to beat out the other just to get a chance to play in that eight seed. And then the West, you got the huge matchup, the Lakers against the Warriors. Two goats going at it, just trying to get that uh, seven seed. Then the Grizz and the Spurs trying to get that get that one more win so they can at least get a chance to get that eight seed. So I will just open up the floor. I guess first off, uh, Will, we'll start with you. What is your favorite thing about this upcoming inaugural play-in tournament for the NBA? I think that the... I- I was about to say, I think the NBA did a great job picking their teams and, you know, tinfoil hat on or off. They obviously didn't pick the teams, but I was going to say, you think they purposely put the Lakers and the Warriors in there? No, I don't think so. Steph versus LeBron, baby. But I think in terms of the way it shook out, it is great for the NBA, both from a star standpoint and as, um, What's the word I'm looking for? I guess uh, setting the stage for the talent that will be the stars of the NBA tomorrow. Um, I think that the combo of LeBron and Steph and then in the East with Russ and Bradley Beal. um, I wanted to also say Popovich because, you know, I feel like he, as far as coaching goes, is a star. Um, You have all these old NBA heads combined with the, the young talent in Indiana, in Charlotte, in Memphis. I think that this worked out, whatever LeBron may complain about, I think that this worked out so well for the NBA. Well, because I complaining because he's in it. Yeah. Um, and he was buttering up Steph the other day um, in his interview. So he was, uh, he, was, he was playing it both ways like only LeBron can. But I think this is, it's an almost perfect outcome for the NBA because you get this great combination of old and young and star talent and up and comers. And everyone's going to be tuned in because it's the inaugural. I I understand your point, but wouldn't the NBA, I I think the NBA would far prefer not having the likes of the Lakers or Warriors anywhere near the play in. I guess, but the young, I think you're right about the young part. So they want, you know, a better matchup would be, unfortunately, if your Kings could, you know, just stop sucking for a little bit during the regular season. Uh, you know, oh, so, if the, so if the Kings were one of those matchups where you, so you got Kings Grizz or uh, Spurs. And I mean, who's like another, I mean, oh, the, the Timberwolves, I'm sure will be a team. We're going to be keeping an eye on the next couple of years uh, with Anthony Edwards and some of the young pieces they have that. So that's really what I think the NBA wants to see in their play in to give those teams on the up and coming with the youngsters a chance to show them without actually crashing the party where then in the years to come they can actually be in the actual dance but uh parker uh do you have anything to add on uh for the nba play-in tournament no i think we'll cover it for the most part um just excited to see how this ends up playing out i think it's a great move from the the nba side i mean for as much as players and people have been complaining about it which have some valid concerns but 
it's made the end of the regular season so much more meaningful and impactful and the play in tournament has gotten so much pub out there and all pub is good pub uh according to my publicist um but yeah i mean everybody's talking about it and that's exactly what the nba wants is talking about the playoffs before they even get here and the the chance to participate in the playoffs and everybody's talking about oh man the one seed and the two seed are going to want to try and like hope that the lakers win or lose or whatever it is that they don't have to play the defending champions in the first round and all the different storylines that it's concocted and all of these different things it's pretty unique and i think it's a a really cool thing that I hope continues moving forward. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> yeah. You know, you're hoping one of the things that I loved about the play in tournament is that you'd hope that it forced teams at the top to not be quite so picky and, and do, do their mini tankathon uh, to get the matchups they want. Of course, that still did end up happening because, you know, the Clippers are the kings of that. But, Ooh. um, you know, you see, it, it definitely minimizes it a bit. Um, and unfortunately, this year, we didn't quite get, like, I'm excited for the year when it's just absolute chaos down at the bottom, when there's, like, four, five teams, six teams, like, all within a couple games of each other, just in a mad dash to try to get into that ninth and tenth spot. So, because this, so this year, we didn't quite have that. It was mostly I mean, the Kings and the Pelicans were, the, were two games back at the 10th. Yeah, I, I mean, they were near, but, like, it became apparent the last couple nights of the season that, that they they were out. So it's going to be awesome when we have that final night of the season, when you literally don't know what those last spots are going to be. So that's going to be very exciting in the years to come. But yeah, so let's start talking about the actual playing games themselves. We'll start, uh, like I said, games are getting started tonight. Uh, first one up in the East Hornets Pacers, uh, should be a really fun game to watch. Uh, I think a lot of the country is going to be rooting for the Hornets just because they have the more young up and coming talent. They're fun to watch, but the Pacers not as young, but still got some great young talent. Like Will mentioned, score a lot of points. Uh, it'd be a fun matchup if they were able to get into one of those last spots to challenge the top seed in Philadelphia. So uh, I don't know. What do you guys got in that game? Oh man, that's tough. I I don't know, man. This is an interesting thought. I think Charlotte probably ends up winning that game. Um, I just don't believe in the Pacers at all. Um, they just haven't had a consistent season. They've had some injuries and things like that, but Lamelo's back. Charlotte is actually on. I was gonna say, I think streak, I think it I comes believe, down but... to do you do you believe in Melo or do you believe in the combo of. Sabonis and Brockton. That's really well, I think, what it Mello comes down plays to. for the Blazers. Uh, La Mello. <laughs> I I do believe in. I do believe in La Mello. I'm sorry, Dad. Yeah, I hey, for, he's I still forgot. in the league. We got to show a little respect there until he retires, and then we can pass that name along. Or should I be going? Oh, shut up, Boomer. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'll take the Hornets in that matchup even though it's in Indiana. Cool. Will, I think I know who you're picking, who you got. Yeah, I, I got to roll with the Hornets. They yeah. are probably the team I've watched, honestly, the most minutes of televised basketball this year. I'd probably say uh, behind the Jazz, me too. Yeah, uh, they, oh. were just, they were the league pass darling. Um, and it's tough for me to pick against Sabonis. 
Saboner, hear that, Zags fans? Will does not believe in him. But I have two more chances to rep my Zags in the play-in tournament, so it's okay. Wow, look at that. All right. And that other Zag is in the second play-in game of of the night. The Wizards, Rui Hachimura. Leader of that team. No, just kidding. Uh, taking on the Celtics, uh, who, like I said, are a team limping into this play-in tournament. Uh, Sands, Jalen Brown. Uh, Sands, all the players they shipped out at the trade deadline. Uh, it's we, Wait, wait, wait. When, you, when you're saying limping into this playoff play-in tournament, yeah, they have some injuries, but this team was not good no. this year. This isn't something that was like, oh, yeah, they were a top three. No, but do you think they'd like be that? seven and limping in if Jalen Brown were still there? Not seven, but they definitely wouldn't be. They maybe would be a top four seed. No, they, they, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, they weren't a great yeah. team, they, but like they, they are they are a wounded animal right now. They are just for sure. They are. And honestly, if I if I were a Celtics fan, I mean, I guess that's hard to say because you always want your team to win. You always want to even be in the playoffs. But at the same time, I think a lot of realistic fans would be like, we have no shot. We're just going to get murdered in the playoffs if we win this game. So is it really that bad if if someone just knocks us out right now and we go, Oh, well, you know, and we, get we, we were hurt. Yeah. We were hurt. We mm-hmm. had all these things going on. It just wasn't our year. We'll start again next year. You know what I mean? Yep. It's kind of like the 49ers this year, uh, where they had just a billion injuries or whatever it was. And people just, it, it didn't work out, but they're all like, okay, we reloaded. That's what the Celtics are thinking for next year. Jalen Brown comes back healthy. They can get, some more of those fake Danny Ainge trades to hype them up a little bit. And, uh, you know, they, they, they've got it made. I mean, the the Celtics are captain almost. So, you know, if they almost would have been good this year, if everybody was healthy and Tristan Thompson wasn't playing center minutes for them. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't believe in the Celtics to begin with at the beginning of this year. I, I don't think it matters too much whether or not they would have been healthy this year. I don't think they would have made it far in the playoffs anyways. Plus, it's a much more intriguing matchup if you got... I mean, I still don't think the Wizards are going to actually, you know, do anything, but certainly a lot more fun series to watch uh, Westbrook and Beal versus the star-studded Nets. Yes, because at least you just get some, like, nuclear explosion of offense between those two teams. The the Wizards will probably lose that series in five if that ends up happening. Mm or four, but it'll be like 140 to 130 oh, every single game because neither of these Oh, more than that. I think defense. I think the Nets are going <laughs> to freaking set a playoff scoring record. Yeah, and the Russ KD storyline would be much more fun to yeah. to watch. Yeah. Which side of the storyline are you on, Will? Are you on the Russ side or the KD side? I'm on the basketball side of the storyline. Wow. Way to sit on a fence. I am Switzerland. Oh, God knows I'm good at sitting on a fence. <laughs> so, so Will, quick question, just because both of mouth. both those teams we were talking about um, are like kind of they were picks you were making early on in the season and were are kind of near and dear to you. You're keeping an eye on them. So between those two teams, the Hornets and the Wizards, who would you rather see? I think I'd, I'd have an idea of who you'd rather see the kind of like get in, do something more. But who would you rather and who do you think has a better chance to actually make a little noise? Yeah. I mean, I'd rather watch at least four games of LaMelo in the playoffs, but for the sake of close games, I think I'd rather watch the combo of Beal. Sorry. Let me rephrase that. The trio of Beal and Westbrook and Hachimura go at it <laughs> with the Nets big three because I think that'd just be it'd be a better team uh, to not necessarily give the Nets a run for their money but you know they've 
have Russ who's been in the playoffs and they have yeah, some it'd be exciting. You got yeah, some yeah, yeah. power. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Plus I think maybe the the Hornets might be a little deer in the headlights. Yeah, plus Will's favorite thing in the world is watching Westbrook triple doubles. He craves yeah. it. He feeds yeah, he, off of Westbrook's. He's got that doubles. record. Will's going to be so excited when Will gets that playoff record or when Russ gets that playoff triple double record. If he doesn't, I'm glad have. he got the record in the regular season because now we just don't have to talk about it because <laughs> <laughs> he did it. He did it already. Yeah. I say but behind behind the curtain secret for all you who don't understand that joke. He hates Westbrook's triple doubles. Anyway. So now we've talked about the East. Let's move on to the West following Wednesday night. First game up, Spurs Grizzlies. Uh, not really, not really fantastic. Yeah, I was going to say, not much to talk about. Uh, honestly, yeah. and, and the, the Spurs had an opportunity to not be in this situation. All they had to do was beat a Suns team that did not start almost all of their core players. Uh, went back and forth a couple times, had a couple decent sized leads gave had a chance at the very end of the game and still couldn't pull it out uh sometimes it amazes me i mean that team shouldn't be that team should be better than they are i believe the spurs the, yes i they have no some way. players they know. have a great coach booty. they they're not booty they they have their starting lineup right now demar derozan Jakob pertle after aldridge uh gay comes off the bench uh Oh, uh, 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 I'm spacing his name. Um, Deontay Murray. uh, Devin Vassell's on the team, but like on paper, like that on paper is not a good, like it's a fine team. That's a, that's a, maybe an East kind of team. (laughs) I just look at DeRozan and, and gay and think that, they should like, be a little bit. I think better. that it's 2012 again. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. And you still got pop. Okay. And one of the things that uh, surprises me too, whether you think they should be better or not, it does surprise me that a coach Popovich team is so bad on defense. Doesn't really uh, matter maybe. what kind of I personnel mean, you have. I mean, I thought he'd yeah. be able to get them to play a little bit more inspired defense, but whatever. So I think we're all in agreement. Grizzlies should come out of that fairly easily. Yeah, I could see the Spurs like you're just going. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I don't know about easily. I, mean, uh, I think the Grizzlies will win that. I mean, they the Grizzlies finished five games ahead of the Spurs. They, yeah. They're clearly the better team, but I think Popovich always has kind of a way when postseason rolls around to get more out of his team than what you'd he's, expect. I mean, he's one of the best in game adjustment coaches. Yeah, you think back to that series that um, Golden State was supposed to be on this war path to a title and. The Spurs like were basically blowing them out. Kawhi gets hurt or whatever it is, but nobody even expected the Spurs to put up like a decent fight, and that looked like it was going to be a lengthy, lengthy series. Um, I think Pop always has a couple more tricks in his bag, although um, I don't know that he has the players to execute on those this year because love Demar Derozan to death, but he should be a number three somewhere on a contending team, not a number one. The Grizzlies also have. Gonzaga legend Killian Tilly. So there, I've named all my Zags so Did far. Did you forget about Brandon Clark on the fucking Grizzlies? Are you kidding me? No, I need to talk about him. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he did. <laughs> uh, yeah, that good work. Don't forget about uh, injured Zach Collins on the Trailblazers. Not playing, but you know, still there. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that means there are five Zags in this playoffs. Pretty impressive, huh? Uh, good work. 
Probably. For a little school that does nothing, apparently. Yeah. What can you do? I guess they have to have better luck in the in the NBA, hopefully. Locking a chip. Hey, man. Uh, that was actually not supposed to sound mean, and it sounded really mean <laughs> as I said it, and I didn't know how to stop it. That was actually supposed to be like, good work. You have yeah. five NBA players. Yeah. I, I wasn't actually intending that to sound mean because I wanted to sure. say, I want those sure. tags to win. Totally. Too, yeah. So. National championships in five years. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, we've been over this. We had a whole podcast uh, where I yeah, defended the Zags. Hey, you brought it up unsolicited. So. Yeah. I didn't know. even. Yeah. Uh, all the Zags fans out there that are listening, I actually did not mean for that to sound mean. I think that you have an incredible program. I will you. email you or text you his address so all of you can send the package of choice you believe he deserves after that bags of poo poo (laughs) yeah okay perfect so the prime time playing game in the west warriors lakers two goats going at it yeah so i mean the lakers you know everyone i've i listened to plenty of national media today a lot of national podcasts and a lot of people still picking the lakers to actually win a chip or at least get to the finals so i mean clearly a lot of people are still thinking the Lakers are the LeBron and AD are just going to turn it on immediately. Uh, that that LeBron wasn't playing at all because he'd rather go 100 percent for this game than 60 percent in the games up to it. So they should be able to beat up on the Warriors. Is there? Do you guys have a retort to that? Can you see the war? Can you no, see Steph going Lakers off? Lakers are going to win that game. The the Warriors might. Steph might go for whatever 40 and have a chance. But Lakers have won five in a row there every time lebron has made the playoffs the last nine times he's made the playoffs they made the finals i think all the national media is not just trying to hype up the lakers it's true i mean you have the second greatest player of all time playing currently and he's still that um any team would trade just for this playoff run for lebron anybody on their team the bucks would trade Giannis for just this playoff run to have lebron instead absolutely i can see the warriors winning this game if one other person can score more than 15 points for the Warriors. How about your guy, Kelly Oubre? Do you think he can do it? Maybe. I mean, it's not going to be Draymond, <laughs> that's for sure. But Yeah, he only does um, that against the Jazz. Yeah. Yeah, but if Steph is, you know, if he's out there scoring 90% of the starting lineup's points, then that's just not going to work. It couldn't, because... it couldn't be like that game early in the season when he scored 60 and they beat the Blazers by three? I don't think so. <laughs> Not against the Lakers. The Lakers, no. I think, are allow the fewest or second fewest open three looks, and their three-point percentage on defense is ridiculous. So uh, Steph's going to get his. He always will, but Will's right. If he gets any support from – he has to get support from other guys on his team. Otherwise, it's just going to be Steph versus AD and LeBron, and as good as Steph is, that's not good enough. Okay, so assuming that the Lakers do win this game, uh, that that following game is very intriguing to, I'm sure, a lot of our listeners, uh, as I'm sure a lot of local listeners are Jazz fans. Uh, so they'd get the uh, winner of that second play-in matchup between the Grizzlies and the assumed Warriors, So uh, in which they did just play in that final regular season game. Uh, Grizzlies had a chance to jump the Warriors and be able to play the Lakers uh, instead for that seven seed, but uh, they fell to the Warriors. So he get a rematch in that game, potentially. Uh, the Grizzlies kept it close. Um, you know, I don't think they have enough firepower to keep up with the Warriors, but I always am nervous as the team uh, when you have another game 
when it's not a series, not counting a series, but um, when you play two games fairly close to each other and you lost the first one, or if you won the first one, I'm always nervous as that team. So tell me what you guys think the chances are for the Grizzlies being able to upset the Warriors and just knock them straight out of the playoffs altogether. Did you guys watch the Warriors Grizzlies game to close the season? A little bit. Not not at the end, unfortunately. Okay, so like the final ten minutes, it was effectively back and forth, like one score for the Grizzlies, score for the the uh, Warriors, and it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Dylan Brooks fouls out with like six minutes left, who's been guarding Steph all night. Steph then goes on a 12-0 run <laughs> and effectively puts the game away and with three minutes to go it's toast at that point um it's just not good and i think like watching the game and anytime you watch a player as great as steph or lebron or anything like that you know that especially for a young team like the grizzlies you know it's in their heads whether they'll admit it or not saying man i wish we had that guy across the floor or i'm scared of that guy and what he's going to do to us in this fourth quarter and, and that's exactly what happened i mean you saw steph torch him and i think you'll see that again i don't think the grizzlies have much of a shot against the, the warriors so tell me then i mean so you, you made a point to mention that before he went off it brooks fouled out how was sure. he doing on him defensively i mean are you uh, saying he, brooks has the, the capacity to limit him or was that more just kind than the of rest of the Grizzlies team? No, uh, I think they put up the stat. Steph was shooting like 40 something percent when uh, Brooks was guarding him and mm-hmm. like 60 percent when the rest of the Grizzlies were guarding him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a pretty even shot distribution uh, between when Brooks was guarding him and when Brooks was not. That being said, Steph still had 48, I think, in the game or something like that. So uh, the Grizzlies are a team that he can get hot and beat by himself. He doesn't need help necessarily or anything like that. He can go out and score enough points to win the game. And I think that that's totally possible again. I mean, the Warriors also have won six in a row. So it's not like they've been relying on Steph exclusively. But the the Grizzlies are a couple years away. Kind of those teams that Will mentioned. You've got a lot of young stars on that team. But they're, they're still a couple years away from being that contending playoff team. Will, do you disagree? No, I don't think so. I think Parker made the very correct and astute points. Um, It's just one of those things where that's such a well-rounded franchise in the Warriors. And I just don't think that, you know, there's got to be something to be said for experience in the playoffs. Yeah, can't disagree with you. All right. So then he's uh, based on your guys' predictions. Lakers taking on the up and coming surprise Suns. Unfortunate, unfortunate for them because I'm sure they're feeling like they'd have. I mean, there are probably five teams in the Western Conference that feel that they can make a run all the way to the finals. Um, and then the Jazz taking on the Warriors, which is a scary prospect in itself. The Jazz lost their last two games against the Warriors. Uh, Steph has been pretty key in both of those games, so uh, that's something to keep an eye on. But so. After we're done with the play-in, then we can jump to the actual just normal playoffs where this year is wide open as any other year we can all imagine. Uh, So I would just uh, start by saying, you know, looking at the brackets, what we've got set up here uh, after the final standings, what kind of matchups are you guys looking forward to? Is there anything that stands out to you? Um, 
yeah, and then I'm sure let, let's let's get that out of the way first, and then uh, I'm sure we will be talking a lot of jazz just because the uh, yeah, local I, I intrigue. Think the Clippers Mavs are my favorite matchup for the Western Conference in the first round, outside of like the the one or whoever plays the Lakers, but um, Clippers Mavs. Did they not see enough of Luca last time in the bubble to realize that they probably don't want to do this again? (laughs) (laughs) No, they just saw what they saw everything around him this season and were like, oh, we don't have to worry about anything else besides him. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, you could be right. I think the annual Clippers playoff tankathon is really funny to me. I think like you can say what you want about how that moves around, but consistently year after year telling people oh man we gotta move around in the playoffs to make sure we get the matchups we want i don't think that sends the right message to your team especially a guy like Kawhi leonard who went and has won multiple championships and in very difficult fashion like beating a warriors team that was i mean really generationally good and beating um the lebron heat teams with the spurs that's not something that I would go and say, hey, Kawhi, we're going to try and tank so that we don't have to play these guys. If I'm Kawhi Leonard, I'm saying, uh, fuck that. We're beating anybody and everybody. I don't want to have any sort of asterisk. And- then you are not Kawhi. And that shows very clearly because that's his M.O. That's that. And any any franchise that picks him up, that's going to be their M.O. I'll play for the games that matter. And, and- right. And yeah, I mean, it, it does. Uh, it's not surprising it's to me at all. Communicate to your team and your star and your fans, saying like, "Yeah, we're trying to move out of this spot or whatever it was." Yeah, I, I don't like that at all. Yeah, uh, I understand why you'd say that, but to me, uh, Nuggets Blazers, I think, is going to be far more intriguing and fun to watch. Um, the MVP going up against the proverbial snub constantly in Dame. Um, and I think the Blazers actually have a decent chance to win that series. It's going to be close, I think, either way. But I could see the Blazers just getting hot and uh, the Nuggets, while still a fantastic team. I'm not trying to say the Nuggets aren't good. They are, especially when they added Aaron Gordon. That was a great pickup. And some of the other, uh, like JaVale McGee and some of the other uh, pickups they made. Um, but when they when you lost Jamal Murray, that just takes away just that little bit more firepower that I think they needed to make them serious, serious contenders. Um, yeah. So I could see lucky them easily for, winning. Lucky for Jokic, though, yeah. the Blazers play negative defense. So uh, he'll hopefully be able to make. But up they play enough of offense. It's just like it's just like the Nets. They play yeah. enough offense where negative defense is still net. <laughs> no, yeah, no net yeah, negative. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Will, uh, do you agree with those, or is there another matchup you are intrigued by? So this is part intrigue, part maybe a hot claim take. I am intrigued by the Knicks' initial matchup with the Hawks. Yes, because I think the Knicks are going to sweep them. Oh, yeah, wow, that is. A, wow. Take. That, right. that's, I was going to say, you said like maybe a hot take. That's like an inferno. That's a freaking can of boiling beans exploding in your face. Please explain <laughs> that to sounds, me. That's not fun. Please explain that, to me how you see this happening. I think that things are starting to turn around in the New York Knicks organization. And on the season, at least in 2021, the Knicks are 3-0 and against the Hawks. One was an OT game. They ended up winning by 10 in OT. And you know what they say about underdogs? Underdogs go to die in OT. So they have the same record 
but New York is opening up. Madison Square Garden is going to be rocking. And I think that the Knicks are going to just power through the Hawks in round Yeah, because all those all those blue collar fans are going to be able to afford in a pan, or right out of a pandemic the thousand dollar tickets, lowest cost tickets to be able to get in that arena. I know, I know, but the one thing that remains constant is that MSG remains like hallowed ground, and so I think that there's going to be some vibes coming in for the playoffs. This is you said nature is healing earlier. This is, I think, part of nature healing is that Madison Square Garden is going to be bumping. I think that's, I I agree it's a hot take. I do want to just shout out that the Hornets, or excuse me, not the Hornets, the Hawks were, I believe, the 10 seed before Nate McMillan took over. Yeah. yeah. So big, big shout out there. I think they were five or six games under 500 and they ended up finishing 10 over. So big, big shout out there. The Pacers let him go last year like a bunch of, idiots and then uh they're looking in on the playoffs right now as the nine seed so just big shout out there i think that's a lot of underrated storylines also uh, really cool to see a minority coach taking a, a team halfway through the season and bringing him up to to a nice spot there um it'll be interesting kind of an underrated matchup i think is milwaukee versus miami uh that was the conference finals last year mm-hmm. and or semis excuse me um and Miami kind of knocked them around. I mean, Giannis was hurt and that was the big storyline or whatever it is, but it'll be interesting to see how that differs. Miami was, I mean, they finished six games down, but if you remember their start this season, it looked like they were going to miss the playoffs. Miami's been playing some good basketball at yeah. the back half of the season. I, I still think Milwaukee wins that series, but I think it's a lot more intriguing than people will give it credit for. Um, but will, I do love the, the New York Knicks take that is that would be the most anti Knicks thing is the first year they make the playoffs they win yeah. a series for the first time and oh man it's probably been it was pre mellow when they won a, a playoff series I think that's a long time yeah, I was ago, gonna say yeah they yeah like, they got that, to that the, yeah they didn't win a series, series with mellow right <laughs> yeah that was the last time they made the playoffs was yeah with Mello. yeah but they didn't win the series I'm trying to remember weren't they like the four seed or the and who who did they match up with like the bulls no they weren't they were like the eight seed and then they no not that low they play or they played the heat that year and lebron and co just oh wiped them okay maybe i'm okay maybe i'm forgetting but yeah no but um i agree that i think that is going to be a fantastic matchup while i totally stand by my remarks that that's like an insanely hot take just because of the sweet part I'm a big Knicks fan, honestly, of this team. I think that's a fantastic story. Uh, uh, Julius Randle, I love watching him play. Uh, You know, they've done it in such an un-Knicks-like fashion. They didn't get any of the names they wanted. It's literally just an amalgamation of cast-offs that was supposed to just be a lottery team, a deep lottery team that found a way to play together and thankfully had a great coach in Thibodeau and have just figured out how to do it well. So no, I, I would love the Knicks to win this series, but again, I listened to a lot of national uh, stuff today and a lot of people are picking the Hawks, the other direction, the Hawks to sweep the Knicks. Really? I I don't Hmm. see that. I think this will be a long series if we're being honest here. And for the record, I'm correcting myself. I was wrong. The Knicks won a series in 2013. They did. Okay. I I swear Um, they did. So did they they play the Heat? The second round. Yeah. So second round. Who did they play in the first round? 
I don't know, man. It's more research. I swear, on. I, swear it was, I swear it was the Bulls or something like that. But yeah, I swear they <laughs> I need a stats and info guy. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, hey, you doing? get him on the line. <laughs> yeah, so for sure, I would I would love to see that I, that would be a fun series. That's going to be, you know, offense versus defense. Uh, unstoppable force meets immovable object. Uh, you know, it, it's over gonna- under on when on when Thibs loses his voice on game. Oh, I'll give you the line of one and a half. Well, wait, wait, wait. I was going to wait. So wait. So is the is it over under the time in game one or over under it? It's completely gone within within game. That's one and a half is games in a series. So I'll give you halfway through game two is the line. <laughs> oh, uh, OK. I guess two's a little early. So I guess I'll take the over, but not by much. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good line. Uh, all right. Let, let's do a little Nick's history lesson. 2013, they played the Boston Celtics in the oh. first round, and that's who they beat. Oh. They went six games. Knicks won, obviously, 4-2. I want you to guess the highest scoring, highest winning score from that series. What was the year? 2013. Just to talk about how much the NBA has changed. So, so 91-85. No, not that low. Talon, you want to guess? Okay, okay. I'll, I'll say... I'll say 99-94. The highest winning score, the Celtics beat the Knicks 97-90. Mm-hmm. The next one was 92-86. And God, then, really? Yeah. The winning scores for the Knicks were 85, 87, 90, and 88. Wow, it was the 90s. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that was seven years ago, fellas. The dream of the 90s is alive I guess in Portland ago. or New York, I guess. Yeah, I don't know what that was, but all right. <laughs> you've, never, you've never seen Portlandia? Oh, no, I have not. Will, have you seen Shout Portlandia? Out, You're close. Official sponsor. I've seen a couple episodes here and there. That's, that's, actually, that's actually the very first episode. It's the pilot episode, and, then, and that's like the <laughs> leading skit. And, that, oh. that's, and that's the song they play. Is, the dream of the 90s is alive in Portland. And you just see a bunch of grungy... Uh, 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 sweater People. and uh, what's the word? The fabric I'm looking for the like oh, lumberjack uh, shirt. The, the oh, flannel? Uh, yeah, flannel, flannel, like flannel clad people walking around wearing one right facial now. piercings and beanies. And yeah, will do you have any facial piercings since two days ago? Uh, yeah, I actually have three. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations! Yeah. All right, any thoughts on the one seed in the in the east? Actually, who's the who are our favorites out of each conference? We haven't even talked about that. It's gonna be a tough I like pick. The, I like the Nets coming out of the East. Yeah, I think that too really? much too much is being talked about about how the big three hasn't played together enough. Oh, I don't think that matters. I think that their garbage ass defense matters. Yeah, well, you no, know, again, just, it doesn't. It's because it's who is going to guard Embiid? Embiid can't score enough to outscore them. Um, they have plenty of scorers on that Sixers team. But none of them can score enough at the same capacity that Harden, Katie, and Kyrie can. Seth Curry. Oh, man. I'm, I'm going to ride with the Sixers here. Uh, and also, we're not talking about the Bucks enough. Giannis put up better numbers this year than in either of his two MVP seasons. This is why I have beat with the MVP award. It's yeah, because so- it's a narrative-driven. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to tell us again how you hate triple doubles and the Kings are actually good? <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't have enough time. 
<laughs> we can devote an off-season episode to that when we're struggling for content. Perfect. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Philly is going to be my pick. Uh, the top three seeds in the East are going to be one of them, but I think Philly, they're very well-rounded. I think Doc has taken a team very similarly constructed like this to the finals before. You have a player like Rondo and Ben Simmons. You have a player like Paul George and Tobias Harris. Obviously, that's a little Counterpoint, he's Tobias also Harris, taken teams but. like that and lost uh, 3-1 series three times. So. Sure. No, and that's fair. Um, but you have Embiid, who's a KG-esque player, those kind of things. Like, uh, I think the Sixers are probably my pick out of the East. Okay. Uh, I, I, mean, I think I have to go with the Nets. I would love to pick the, the, the Bucks. Uh Mainly, I'm just thinking, the, again, If I mean, if you're talking narrative-driven, they have the toughest course of probably any team in the playoffs to try to get to the finals, having to go through uh, the Heat, the Nets, and the Sixers, potentially. So, um, that would be... Uh, and that would be an insane feat if they were able to do all that and get there. But, uh, yeah, I, I just think yeah. the net, like I said, you don't really need you don't have to play a whole lot of defense when you have that much scoring. So, uh, yeah, I, I, but I do think the Nets Sixers would be a great series. Cause I think Philly is with, has enough to definitely keep it close, but I just think overall Brooklyn's just going to be able to score too much, but yeah, then the West, the West is wide open and you know, of course you and Parker especially is gonna, you know, we know what's going to come out of his mouth. So just go right ahead. The Utah Jazz, baby. Uh, I will, I will yeah, say. I will say. I just want to say this. I, I've said this on Twitter, but I want to say it in real life, just because I think it's so cool. I didn't think I'd ever get a chance to say it. At least, you know, like uh, certainly not right now. Like I thought it was going to be years, and things would have to happen before I'd get a chance to say this. And I love say it's just it's a cool saying, no matter what sport it is. But the playoffs run through Salt Lake City. Hell yeah! Which is really uh, cool. Very cool. First time in NBA history that the Utah Jazz have the number one overall seed in the NBA rather than just their conference. So pretty cool. Uh, Very excited about that. I think that something that's being missed a lot with Utah is that um, our All-Stars missed a combined 40 games this year. Yeah, no one's talking about that. That is a significant amount of time. Everyone, uh, I saw a lot of articles where everyone's talking about, you know, Donovan Mitchell's missed like the last three, four, five games. It's like, uh, he's been out uh, for a while. He's missed 16 or 19 games this year, bud, because he had his concussion earlier and then missed 16 to close the season. So I think that's something, too, to be said. Um, I think the Jazz will have fresh legs to a certain extent. I think whatever first round series they get outside of Memphis or San Antonio will be a longer one that they'd like. Um, but I do think they're equipped to handle any, they, they can beat any team in this league. And I think that they can beat any team in the West. The only team that really, really like freaks me out is the Lakers. Um, so I'm a big Lakers fan in the play tournament gross really yeah no for sure no 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 just you're right though uh jazz fans are laker fans tomorrow and yeah i just i'm listening yep they're there i hear all the all the vomit buckets like simultaneously like being pulled and just yeah yeah. one of those like airplane bags airplane sickness bags for when i watch that game um but yeah i think the jazz are the favorites i mean you're the best team consistently throughout the season even when missing 40 games from your all-stars like that is a significant missed time and you still end up being the number one overall seed in the entire league that has to say something especially when you're playing in the stronger conference okay non-biased 
national yeah, let's guy hear from the Kings fan. Yep. Play what, what, what about Parker statements has validity and what gives you pause for concern? I'll tell you this about the jazz. Well, one thing I've been very impressed with is how they closed the season without Conley and Mitchell. I think that was a, uh, it was a very instructive moment, both for fans of the NBA and probably teams around the NBA of just how deep the jazz are. You hear throughout the season that teams are deep and you kind of just have to take it at its face value when teams are healthy. But I think, you know, when Bogey stepped up and Clarkson was back to his, I don't care how many shots I take mode. Um, and, you know, quality minutes from Niang and even like Mieoni playing weirdly effective minutes. I think it just, it shows and you. That's Yale's leading no, score. You I know. Off. I, I'm sure I was aware of Mieoni before you knew who he was as the college basketball fan. You mean he wasn't on one podcast. of your boys? You he didn't was a know? fun tournament guy. I was aware. So I think it's just a testament to what the Jazz have built in this era of player transfer. That's more of a soccer term, I guess. But, you know, super team building for the fucking buyout market, which, you know, I have qualms with. Mm-hmm. Um, to Plenty of qualms with the way that the NBA is structured. I do. We should have. I, a, yeah, that's what we'll call the episode Will's qualms. But I feel like they are not. Some of my qualms, yes, are very emotionally charged. Some of my qualms, I think, are very legitimate. But it's it's a very fun uh, unique thing that the Jazz have done in building this team in an era where this type of deep team building isn't normal, if that makes sense. It's very 04 Pistons. Vibes. Yeah. Or, you know, the when the Hawks' entire starting five won player of the month for the Eastern Conference, yeah, like in 2009. But yeah, <laughs> fucking participation trophy bullshit. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying from the general sentiment of it. The Jazz have a very fun team, and it's Quinn has done a great job of making the team potentially more than a sum of its parts. All right, so now they don't. Uh, so now let him get to the, the the part I'm more interested in. So then tell me what you're fearful of, and can you see the Jazz actually making it out of the West? Yeah, I think so. Ooh, not what I was expecting. Continue. No, I, I have no reason. I mean, they've earned the number one seed, so there's no reason to think that they can't. Um, you know, as much as I like to poke and jab and make fun, uh, hashtag beyond the box score. I tweeted that today in response to a Rudy Gobert tweet. Um, <laughs> but they, they've proven that they're a, a top I mean, they're the top team in the West and the record proves it. So, no, I think it would be silly to bet against them. Is there, is there a team? About, is there a team? Talk about it. Sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 was, no. Sorry. I cut you off. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, you want to talk about a stadium that will be rocking. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, one of the best stadiums in all basketball from both a fan perspective when you discount the racist part and from like a, <laughs> Can't argue from an architectural and racist and our new owner is working on it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Great changes. And also from an architectural standpoint, you know, I mean, people hate playing in Utah because that sound is on you. I know. Yeah. And, so, and the great thing about that statement capacity. too, is that, yeah. you know, everyone, yeah. And even national pundits talk about how great of a home court advantage uh, it is in Salt Lake, but like for like 
no joke. I, I like. I think it's pretty much a factual statement this year. They will have the best home court advantage in the league, just based on all the other qualifiers that we talked about, plus the numbers with thirteen thousand being allowed in there. Unless, unless someone right out of the gate when the playoffs open up, because some like Atlanta United just had uh, their full stadium open, the Falcon Stadium or Mercedes Benz Stadium. Uh, so I guess there's a possibility an NBA team could just say screw it, we're opening up full capacity. But unless that changes, I think the Jazz are going to have the best home court advantage in the entire league, and they get it all throughout the playoffs. So, it's a good point. Yeah, 13,000 I, I saw in the Western Conference uh, is the highest capacity by a wide margin yeah. um, of anybody in the playoffs. I think that's about 70% for the Jazz, and the next closest is 47%, and I believe that is the Suns. So should be an extra home court advantage boost. Not that the Jazz needed it for um, their traditional home court advantage, but it should be a lot of fun to see this place bumping. Except isn't it a bummer, though, that you think any other year, like like seriously, I mean, I've been in that I've been in that arena when it's they're just a four seed, you know, scrapping to or excuse me, a five seed just trying to scrap to get to the second round. And you didn't think they were going to go a whole lot further, but they're the number one team in the seat or in the league with the one seed and that first playoff game I my ears would be just ringing for days at how loud oh, yeah. the possibility of how loud that place would be. Yeah. It's going to be wild. I cannot wait to sit in that stadium and watch these games. It's going to be the electric is an understatement. So, yeah. well, uh, I, again, I, I keep mentioning it. I don't try to, I'm not trying to sound like I'm, Oh, look at me smart. listening to all the, the national punditry, but um, you know, no one's taking the jazz seriously at least nationally at least, and what it mostly the entertainment core of. So a lot of podcasts, uh, you know, talking about how the, if the Lakers were to fall to the warriors, that may actually be beneficial for them. Cause then they gentlemen sweep the jazz or, uh, it doesn't matter. The jazz are going to be one of the, you know, they're the most, um, the, the weakest one seed in the history of basketball and just all kinds of stuff like that. But, uh, you know, and and I think jazz fans, you know, the first half of the season, you know, early on in January and February when they were just murdering teams and hitting threes at just a stupidly alarming rate. Um, then when they kind of cooled down from that blistering start, I think a lot of fans got a little bit nervous, especially when you saw Clarkson started to fade away. But uh, and he hasn't quite lived up to the form early on in the season that has basically probably won him the sixth man of the year, even though John Hollinger says that uh, Ingles is going to steal that away from him. And he, he wouldn't be wrong if, if that actually happened because Ingles has been, no, the jazz should well. have the top two six man of the year candidates. On yeah, the team. I know, but he's actually saying Ingles like will do Clippers it, last even year. though I don't yeah. think that'll happen because everyone prefers points over, over impact. But I digress. Yep. Uh, but the big, the huge thing is is the fact that everyone is for the most part healthy. Um, Mitchell is going to need to knock some rust off before uh, the playoffs start. But you know, I don't think that's going to take him too long to get back in the swing of things. And uh, Clarkson being back to a somewhat decent pace is great. But the big reason I think that the Jazz have uh, and fans have. Uh, a reason to feel just incredibly optimistic is Bogdanovich has been fantastic this last month and a half of the season. And he's showing why he was so missed in the bubble last year. Um, 
So the fact that you got everyone healthy, um, Clarkson playing pretty dang good, Bogdanovich play, being great, and then some of those young guys, uh, Niang, Oni, even Trent Forrest, if he has to step in for, even though he's had some pretty poor moments in his playing time as well, he's proven that if he, he needs to come in for a couple minutes, he will to, play absolutely no minutes in the playoffs. Unless you something has gone horribly well, right or wrong. Well, I'm saying it. What if Mike Conley's hamstring burns up again? What if? I mean, I'm not saying they'll be out forever, but like, I can see Forrest uh, having uh, to step in for a couple minutes. No chance. It'll be Donovan and Joe running the point if Conley goes out. There's no way Trent Forrest, undrafted rookie, is getting any minutes in the playoffs. I would be... Something would have had to gone catastrophically wrong for that to happen. Quinn shortens his rotations like nobody's business, like Tibbs does in a regular season, Quinn does in the playoffs. There's no chance that he sees any time. I think. Sounds like we need to make a little... uh behind the curtain bed about this uh can't do that but yeah <laughs> oh yeah well okay not a it's not I, what i was I talking about but whatever anyways <laughs> yeah so i think the jazz uh have great reason to feel optimistic um but will what i was going to ask you there kind of before i cut you off uh apologize for that but uh what is there a team aside from the lakers that you think the jazz should be very wary of whether it's the Clippers, whether it's the Suns, whether it's the Nuggets, what, what, what other team do you think is going to give them the most trouble to try to get out of the West? Um, it's, it's a great question. I mean, I'm looking at the spread right now and I mean, I have to say somebody or else Parker will just, will be giving him too much power. Yeah. <laughs> Unlimited power. <laughs> um, I think that the Suns would be a really tough out for the Jazz. No, they are. They've, I mean, they've proven it um, in the games they've played. Yeah, and this weird, you know, late in his career, Chris Paul effect is fascinating. Uh, like, I really hope yeah. that there it's digested more as we get a little bit further away from it. But just like an incredible feat that he has performed with these past three teams he's played with. Um, right, here's a fun Chris Paul stat for you. Chris Paul has made an all-star team for uh, four of the five teams he played for. Which one did he not make an all-star team for? New Orleans. Nope. Oh, really? Damn it. Uh, the Clippers? Nope. What? The Rockets. Oh, weird. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, there's your fun Chris Paul stat. I do want to talk about the Suns, though. That's a great point, Will. I think that a lot of what's happening to the Jazz when everybody's like, oh, the national media doesn't think the Utah Jazz is going to do anything or whatever. Same thing's happening to the Suns, man. I mean... Everybody's writing them off immediately to lose in the first round. And that could happen because they're going to play the defending champions potentially in the Lakers. But that's a damn good team. I mean, they've yeah. put together a fucking squad. And so I just want to give a little shout out to another relatively small market in Phoenix and a team that's built for the most part through the draft and um, some trades and things like that. So shout out to another team that has had a long playoff drought and rebuilt for the most part the right way. And I, I think that. They deserve major kudos, even if they do end up losing in the first round of the Lakers or whoever they end up playing. That's a fucking great year. You guys are the number two overall seed, one seed or one game back from the the number one overall seed. And yeah, I mean, hell of a year. Bravo to the Suns. Clap, clap. <laughs> clap, clap, clap. There's the applause in yeah. the background. There it's it is for them. <laughs> all right. Well, gentlemen. That's all I've got. It's this is I'm very excited. The playoffs are getting underway tonight as we speak. 
Uh, well, just, I mean, a little bit later on, but as we're talking, uh, things are in motion to get things started. Uh, and yeah, but before we bow out, is there any other, uh, screaming hot takes or, uh, any other things you'd like to mention Jazz to keep an eye out for? And 0, baby. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I'd love that, but that is absolutely not happening. Will, <laughs> would you have some realism to add to this as we wrap it up? Realism. Let's see. Uh, hot takes. That's true. He did say, give the hot take. So yeah, <laughs> I will say what I was texting a bunch of people earlier this week. Um, next year, the Kings will either miss the playoff or they will either make the playoffs or set an NBA record. So it's a win-win. I'd say it's win. not That's a win-win. Like the Lions being the first zero and sixteen team. Also, don't let <laughs> the NBA playoffs distract you from the fact that the Gonzaga Bulldogs just landed a five-star transfer. Oh, that's not away what from Kentucky. He left Kentucky to come play for a little school in Spokane. I go Zags, baby. And the Mets are in first place. I am, oh, and they just God. had a great win against the Braves. Wow, are things looking up? I don't know. And I shot an eighty-eight the other day. What? The what can you do? Wow, this is the Will episode. <laughs> Oh. So it's not Will's, Will's qualms. qualms. It, yeah, that's Will's. late in the summer. <laughs> yeah, just wait. <laughs> I have no qualms currently. Yeah, I will later. Alrighty, that's it. Pine Riders Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, be sure we will be back sooner than this last time. It was a big long break, but uh, there's no way we're going to sit through these NBA playoffs uh, in the heart of baseball and golf season uh, to just let that happen again so uh be sure to tune in we'll have a lot more uh coming at you i'm sure nba playoffs wise uh i promised this before and unfortunately it's not come to fruition parker we need to do a giveaway let's do an nba playoff giveaway uh maybe for uh, our yes, next let episode let me go okay? through my tre- treasure trove of things and find something for the world yes. maybe yeah I'll, I'll take a look and see what i can find and awesome get some more people here and get out there and play some pickup nature is healing yeah. find a court shake off the rust miss every jump shot you take like I did. Actually, I made two bank (laughs) shots. I did not miss all my jump shots. I made two bank shots. Get out there. Thanks, everyone. See ya.